Welcome to Activate Church Podcast and thanks for listening. We hope this message helps you and we pray that God speaks to you through this week's message. For those of you who don't know me, um, my name is Ruth, as Ben said. Um, Just a little bit of background. Um, I graduated from uni last year. Um, I've just started working in Allied Health. Um, I still work at a trampoline centre called Bounce because I just couldn't give up the kid way of life quite yet. Um, I've told them I'm not ready to quit because I think I just still want to be a kid. Um, so that's kind of um, in a bubble, I suppose, what I do with my time. Um, but really, I, um, I'm very passionate about um, seeing people come to know God. Um, come to know uh, the life that um, he's got for them and to live with the purpose that he's called them to live with. And so really that's, you know, that's my passion. And um, I do the young adults here. So lead young adults ministry with an awesome team. Um, All the young adults should be very excited because you're in good hands and there are great times to come. Um, But yeah, so that's in a bubble, I suppose, um, a little bit about me. But let's pray and then we'll hear a bit about Jesus. So Father God, we thank you so so much for who you are in our lives, God. And um, we just pray that tonight, Lord, as um, as you speak, Father, we pray that it will be you speaking. It'll be your words, Father. And we just pray your spirit come into this place, Lord. Open eyes that need to see and open ears that need to hear, Father. We just pray that hearts be open to listen to what you have to say tonight, Lord. We thank you and we praise you and we just want to bring you glory, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. So we're going to get straight into the scripture tonight. Um, We'll leave um, our title page up there when it comes up. But um, what I'll be speaking to us about is following the leader or following God. And we're going to be speaking from Philippians. um, We'll look at it in a moment. But just a bit of context about um, the book of Philippians. So Paul wrote this, um, this letter to the Philippian church to encourage them. You see, uh, the Philippian church, they were a church in Philippi. Um, It makes sense. Philippi was known as the mini Rome. So um, in the Bible, in the Bible times, um, or at this time, Rome was a very influential place. Um, They were kind of the leaders of society, the the rulers of that time. So to be, um, you know, to be a mini, they were known as the mini Rome. So to be, um, you know, under the um, the Roman rule, the Roman government, to have a Roman citizenship and all of that, it was actually quite a privilege. And it, it would mean that they would probably have quite a lot of opportunities that um, others around them at that time may not have had. And so the Philippian church, you know, they're actually quite a healthy church, um, but it's possible that um, as a general rule, they probably had a pretty comfortable lifestyle because they had they had access to those opportunities, to that comfortable lifestyle. And so the thing that I like about reading from Philippians is I think we can kind of relate to them a bit, being in a Western world, in a Western society, because we too have been born into a place where we have certain privileges and opportunities um, that others in this world may not have just because of where we've been born and the privilege that that is. But while this is a privilege, it also means that we can run the risk of living a comfortable lifestyle as well. And, you know, I, I think sometimes it's almost like in a Western society, we can become so busy being busy that we're almost living half asleep. You know, when our eyes are closed, when we're asleep, right, our eyes are closed, yeah? 
we still exist. We're still alive. We still have a heart that beats. You know, we're, I mean, we're still alive, but we're completely blind to what's going on around us. And I think we can kind of do the same thing with God. We can have our eyes closed to Him that we actually don't really see what's going on around us. We're still living, we're still existing, but we're not necessarily living the life that God's called us to live with our eyes open to what it is that He's doing. So with that being said, let's have a look at the Scripture. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you, that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel, and not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation, and that from God... For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake, engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had and hear that I still have. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind doing nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others as more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. Being born in the likeness of men and being found in, the hu- found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You know, there is one man that never let a complacent lifestyle get the best of him. There is one man that always followed God with everything that he had. And that man ended up changing the world and his name was Jesus Christ. And we too are called to this. We too are called to to follow God. As Jesus followed God, we're called to follow Jesus. So we're going to spend a bit of time looking at the example that Jesus has set for us. But firstly, I want to get some um, volunteers up. Now, Beth, you did an excellent job this morning, so I'm going to get you up again. Um, Josh and Claire, come up. You'll have a bit of fun. And um, Riley, you you can come and have a game as well. Now, do we all know how to play Follow the Leader? Good. Beth learnt this morning. I'm so glad I could educate her on the way of the world. All right, so Follow the Leader. Um, You just copy my actions. Great. All right, let's go. <laughs> See how you go with that one. <laughs> oh, no. Try this one. Oh. <laughs> All right, and stop. Okay, now, we're going to do it again, but this time I want you to close your eyes. Ready? Go. All right, thank you very much. You may open your eyes and grab a seat. (laughs) Please give our volunteers a a wonderful hand. 
All right, now what you may have noticed is when they had their eyes open, they could see my actions. They could see what I was doing and they could copy it. They could see what direction I was walking and they could follow it. When I got them to close their eyes, not surprisingly, they weren't able to see what I was doing. They weren't able to um, follow, my, follow my way, follow my direction. And, you know, it's kind of the same with God. If we uh, have our eyes closed, as we were talking about, we can't expect to copy his ways. We can't expect to know his ways, to know what direction he's taking us in. To follow God, we need to have our eyes open to him. We need to really make sure that we are looking to him for what it is that he wants us to do rather than just going about life being complacent and just taking every day doing whatever we feel like doing so there's a pastor called Samuel Rodriguez and um, I heard him speak a little while ago and I think that he covers he, he puts this kind of concept into two sentences which have really stuck with me. The first sentence is, or the first statement is, today's complacency is tomorrow's captivity. And the second statement is, you are what you tolerate. And these have stuck with me because they really got me thinking. But one of the things that I realise about this is, it's actually a choice. What we tolerate is a choice. Whether we're going to be complacent or not, it's actually a choice. And it, you know what? You choose who you follow. Yeah, We're all following something. It's just what's leading you. Yeah, well. We live in a world where the majority of us in this room would probably have Instagram. Hands up if you have Instagram. I, I think there's more. We, most, if you don't have Instagram, you've probably gone off Instagram because it took, took too much of your time. Um, and it, when we go into Instagram, you know, we follow a page here, we follow a page there. And... We look at it every day, probably multiple times a day. And over time, we start to become like what we're looking at. We like styles that we like to see. We like a page that might, we might think is a great 12-week body challenge. Um, we like a certain type of food, you know. And over time, we start to um, picture this lifestyle and idolise this lifestyle of, of what we want to do and what, who we want to be. You know, for Jesus, um, who he chose... You know, the life that he chose, was it was pretty clear and it was pretty easy. He chose to follow God. But, you know, I think the reason that this choice was so clear for him was because he actually spent time getting to know the Father. He spent time getting to know the Father's heart and he spent time looking at the Father's heart and knowing his character. And because of that, his choice was easy because he could see a purpose that was greater than himself. And if you're here tonight and you're thinking, I actually don't really know the character of God. I don't really, I wouldn't say that I know the Father's heart. So I find it hard to know and trust and follow him. There's some things that Jesus did um, in the, that we can, we can read about in the Bible that he did to get to know the Father's heart. And even though in that scripture in Philippians that we just read, um, it doesn't necessarily talk about it in there. That is the, re that is the reflection of how well Jesus knew God because it, sh it shows how well he followed. There's a few things um, that we can spend our time doing to get to know God. He prayed. Prayer is very good. I recommend prayer. He knew his word. I also recommend reading the Bible. 
Um, he knew God in, a sec- in his secret place. He actually um, took himself away to a secret place. He took, and when it talks about a secret place in the Bible, it's more talking about um, a place of solitude, a place on his own, away from other people where he can actually listen to God um, as well as just speaking to him. So I recommend finding, finding your own place and as well as that, actually spending time listening to God and letting him speak as well as speaking to him. He fasted as well um, and he always took his troubles to God. And these are just a few of the things that Jesus did, but because he spent his time doing this, he knew his heart. And because he knew who God was, it then gave him perspective on who he was. You know, it became less about him and more about God. It became about um, less about his story and more about being part of God's story about something bigger than himself. What a humble God we have. <laughs> you know, it takes a humble God to do something like that. It takes a hum. you know, Jesus was someone that always put purpose before himself rather than himself before purpose. And what an incredible God to do that. What a humble God to do that. And we're told in this scripture to be of the same mind which means that we too are called to have humility to be able to follow God like Jesus did. You know, a humble person um, takes the focus off themselves and they put it onto God. It's, less, it's not so much about us, but more about God. It's not so much about you, but who you're following. We should point back to him. Because Jesus was humble, it means that he was free to submit to the Father And thank goodness that he did. It said that he was obedient to the point of death. Can you imagine if Jesus, and I almost don't want to imagine this, but can we imagine if Jesus got complacent, if he decided to hold on to his privileges, which he came from king of the universe to become an ordinary Jewish baby who then was bound for the cross from the very day that he, you know, came to this earth, he came to die for us. And, you know, he had every right to hold on to his privileges. If someone was going to think highly of themselves, it would probably be Jesus. I mean, he was God and he still is God. And so, you know, he had every right to think that way. He had every right to be self-entitled, but he didn't because he loved us so much that it drove him to a point of weakness. So for our sake, he died. And can you imagine if he became complacent and he never went through with that? Can you imagine if he decided to focus on himself rather than the greatest purpose? We wouldn't be living the lives that we're living now. We wouldn't be living a life of freedom, a life where we have access to a relationship with our Father, a life where we have hope that goes beyond any circumstance, a love and a joy that goes beyond anything that could possibly, you know, feel like it's going wrong. We have that hope because of Jesus, because he was humble enough to submit himself to the Father's will. As well as this, Jesus was free to um, be about others. It talks in um, the scripture that we read about putting others' interests before your own. Jesus was never about his own agenda. He was always about, um, about the Father's will. Because he was humble, he also never struggled for supremacy. He was actually born royal. You know, he was born as king of the universe. Not just king of a country, but king of the universe. And as we spoke about how, you know, he humbled himself, he 
to become an ordinary Jewish baby. He never strived for equality with God. In fact, he gave that up for us. He put him, again, he put purpose before himself. And because of this humility, he was able to choose a life of service. He was able to have a servant heart. And we too are called to have the same mind and to have a servant heart. To be a follower means to be a servant. You know, Jesus always first lived for God and he lived with his approval. He always looked up to the Father for approval. He looked out to seek our eternal welfare. And I think that he did this because he knew that when you obey God, you see more lives changed. When you obey God, you see more lives saved and come to know the freedom that is in him. He, he followed with everything that he had. But to do, you know, to do this and to, um, you know, to have, you know, this, to be able to follow God like this, um, it meant that Jesus was able, again, to see himself as part of a bigger story, to see himself with a bigger purpose than, than what was just right in front of him. He was able to have his eyes open to see everything that God wanted to show him. As we follow, we lead a world that is full of darkness into, we lead a world that's full of darkness to a God that's full of light. You know, in primary school, we, um, we got these, some of you might have actually got these too, because I think it was a, I think it was a government school's thing at the time. And we got um, this book that had like 50 ways to change the world or something like that. And we got these blue wristbands that had like a world changer or something like that. I think I wore it until about year eight. I remember seeing it last year and I couldn't find it today to show you all. But, you know, I remember we all got these and we thought they were the coolest things ever. We were going to change the world. We were excited and we all wore them around the school. They were the coolest things. If you didn't have one, you weren't that cool. I'm sure, yeah, I know it's a big statement, but primary school days, it's, it, gets, it gets real. So, you know, but I find it so interesting because my whole life, I suppose, I've, I've grown up in a world that knows that it needs change and it actually glorifies this idea of world changes. And, it, you know, there are so many people that are doing so many amazing things um, in this world um, and I don't want to discard any of that but I think if we really knew how to change the world we probably would have done it already you know and there are, there are great gains being made and I, you know again I don't want to discount any of that but I think if, if we really knew how to change the world overnight we'd do it because there's something inside us this innate um, desire to leave things better than when we found them there's something inside us that that wants to change the world that wants to make a positive difference and Jesus made a positive difference. He was a light to the world. As Jesus reflected God's light, we reflect that light too. So Jesus is the light and we reflect his light that he gives to us in abundance. He gives us his love and he gives us, um, you know, he gives us, I suppose, our identity. And through that, we can shine his light into the world of darkness. You know, as we kind of touched on this before, but I really want to um, bring everyone into focus on this, that it's not actually about us. When we follow, it's to point back to the one that we're following. There's a quote that I came across um, this week and it says, it says, I don't care if, I, whoever I meet, I want them to, to know my father. I don't care what their name is, 
no, sorry, I don't care if they know my name. All I, all I care about is that they know my God. And I love that because this person has so well captured the heart that it, it doesn't matter if they see right through us because they just want them to go right through us and straight to the Father. And I love that. I think that that is such a, um, such a, a good example of how when we follow, we actually show the heart and the character of God. So when we get to know God and we spend time with him, getting to know his heart and his character, we actually show his character through our lives. Because did you know that um, the Greek word for Christian, um, you know, that Christian was derived from actually means little Christ. So we're actually, you know, the very thing, the very name that we go by is li- it means little Christ. We're actually saying, hi, yes, I'm a little Christ. We are called to be the little Christ in the world. They're called to be like him. You know, Jesus, he followed unashamedly. And because of this, because he followed um, without complacency, he followed to the very core of who he was. He, he was different and people, he was different. So he was a light in the world and people found this attractive because a light shows a path. And, you know, I think when we are his light in the world, we can show people that Jesus isn't in the way, but he's actually the way that, you know, it goes straight through and to the Father. If you think about, you know, a light, right, and then it starts to dim, it makes it harder for people to be able to see that light, right? And I think sometimes we can actually do this in the world when we become complacent because, you know, we're lights, we're all ready to go, and then whether it be because of fear, whether it be because of complacency, whether it be because um, because anything else, because we're too busy, you know, we can start to dim this light. But when we do this, we make it harder for those that are still in the darkness to be able to actually see that light and to find a way to Jesus. But if you picture a dark world and then you just picture these lights coming on, you know, eventually it starts to light up. And eventually people will be able to find their way to Jesus and they'll be able to find freedom in him. Because when we follow, we want to point back to him. You know, it may not happen overnight, but it's one encounter at a time. It's those lights turning on one at a time. There's a good friend of ours that said that changed people change people. And, you know, it's so true that a changed person will change someone. And then that changed person will change someone. And then that changed person will change someone. And so on and so on and so on. And, you know, it's if we live our lives in this way, just imagine the freedom that we will come, see people come to know. When I look at my life, it, you know, I can see that I have so far to go. I'm not by any means standing here and saying, I am a perfect follower and I have got this all worked out. Not at all. But I do desire it and I do desire to follow him better. I do desire to know God better. I do desire this because, one, I don't want to miss out on what God has for myself. And two, I don't want, to miss, I don't want anyone else to miss out on my accord. I don't want anyone else to miss out because I was too complacent to listen to what God had to say. And I'm saying this today because I don't want you to miss out on what God has for you either. So we might uh, get the band up as we start to come towards our close.
And I just want you to reflect on how do you live? What is it that's leading you? What is it in this world that you're following? Are you putting purpose before yourself or are you putting yourself before purpose? You know, Paul actually acknowledged that we are about our own agendas. He acknowledged that it's so easy, especially in a world that's individualistic, that where, you know, we care about, we focus on ourselves and do things for ourselves. You know, that's very much Western society, according to psychologists and all of that. You know, especially in a world like that, it's so easy to advance our own agenda because it's what we're, it's what we're taught. It's what's all around us. And Paul acknowledged this, and this is why he's saying, put others' interests before your own. Because in this passage that we read from Philippians, Paul is representing Jesus' love in such, you know, the, the way that he uses Jesus as an example shows Jesus' radical love for us. It is such a unique love and a radical love and something that's just out of this world. But it's that love that changes the world. It's that love that changes hearts. It's that love that points back to God. And so as we go into worship tonight in a moment, I just encourage you to spend some time just getting to know God. Spend some time listening to Him. Maybe ask Him what it is that He wants to do. Maybe ask Him if you need to open your eyes a bit. Maybe just be. Maybe just be still. Be still and know that He is God. And I think someone actually needs to hear that tonight, to be still and know that He is God. Just just be. Just be in His presence. Just invite Him in. Spend time out of your busy life just inviting Him in. If it be the only thing that we do, would it be to live with purpose that is greater than ourselves? Would it be to live um, with purpose for the one that died for us? that we can see other people come to know that freedom? Would it be to love God and to love His people as we've all been called to do? And would it be to bring Him glory? Because we're all on this earth to bring our God glory and to be the lights that other people may see that as well. So we're gonna go into a time of worship and we have a bit of extra time, which is exciting because that means more time for worship. So I just encourage you all to stand um, as we go into this time. We trust you enjoyed this week's message. For any more information about Activate Church, check out our website www.activatechurch.com or download our app online and have a great week.